Welcome back to Pitch the Park. I'm your host, Neil Simons. This is George Mells. You already know who he is. Um, today, we're going to talk about the National Second Division, or as Football Australia call it, the National Second Tier Men's Competition. Um, very diplomatic in, in what they've called it. Uh, finally, there has been an expression of interest uh, that was basically released on Friday. Uh, we're, we are recording this on the Wednesday after that. And we've had some time to digest it. Uh, I'll just do- go through basically what the national second tier is. Uh, it will be a new national tier of football between the A-League men and the national Premier Leagues. Home and away season structure with finals comprised of between 10 to 16 teams, uh, featuring between 24 to 36 games. Uh, successful respondents to the application process will be required to depart their existing football competition. Um, uh, professional playing contracts for all players, salaries paid, 52 weeks of the year. Off-field operations run by employed staff uh, from 12 months of the year. Investment in an operation of a full talent development pathway and access to a facility for 12 months of the year. Uh, if there's not enough interest, they'll do a Champions League format. Uh, EOI closes on the 3rd of March. Uh, and basically, the request for proposal will be from April to June. The assessment and recommendation from June to August and the August and the competition completed completion will be from August to September, uh, and yeah, then there's like this long list of the criteria, including vision, history, and culture, governance, financial capacity, capability, and experience, and other other things as well. Um, so it's quite extensive from Football Australia. It's what we expected in terms of the actual uh, standards imposed. Uh, keep in mind, uh, prof- uh, what's what's what is, what's what's it called? Uh, the actual professional uh, players being paid over 52 weeks of the year does not really mean that players will be professional. Uh, it's just a technicality, uh, if I'm right in saying that. Because a lot of players in the NPL, as it stands, are professionally contracted, but they're obviously semi-professional players. So that's intriguing to me. Uh, Belzy, we were actually at coffee when this actually dropped. And I'm sure you had a read of it. Uh, in a bit, a, a bit in full afterwards. What are your initial thoughts, I guess, as a player reading this stuff? Well, firstly, hi everyone, and it's good to be back. Uh, back recording. It's been a while, hasn't it, Neil? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but look, yeah, like you said, we <clears throat> were together when this uh, announcement was made, and look, it looks nice. It looks nice when you're reading it like this. Um, it's exciting. It's a whole heap of things, really. I think there's been a lot of different emotions that we're seeing people on Twitter talking about it. Some are for it, some are against it, depending on how the structure of it is. And obviously, they've announced what the structure is going to look like. Um, for me personally, it's it's a it's a step in the right direction. Uh, we've we've spoken about it now. I think over the last more, maybe year or so, Neil, where we're saying something like this needs to be in place. Um, look, I think as well, you touched on it there. Lads will be getting paid like like professionals all year round, but it doesn't necessarily mean they will be professionals. I think that sort of still needs to be looked into because we need to create in a sort of not an environment, but sort of a, a system where we have more professional footballers. Um, you know, if you look across the UK, they've got four leagues of players 
who are all professional footballers um, and say what you will about the way they do things and everything that's been in the media lately. But at the end of the day, I think that's something we should be looking to. I think having one league of professional footballers isn't, isn't enough. There's too many that fall through the cracks. And I think, if anything, you know, what we can learn in, in recent times, if you look at this last transfer window in the in the A-League, it's a disaster, absolute disaster. And players just swapping and changing clubs. Um, you know, I've been there, you know. I've been there myself when your face doesn't fit the picture at a club and then you just scoot off sign a two-year deal at another club and ultimately the same thing's going to happen. Um, for, for, for whatever reason, because you haven't played enough minutes in recent times or you're low on confidence because of how your previous club treated you or, or maybe you're just not up to the challenge to play at that level um, or whatever it is. So I think there's a lot of lessons to, to be taken and um, still a lot of areas of improvement that we can make for this second division. Neil, you're on mute, mate. Dear, apologies. I was on mute. That, that That's hilarious. Um, what do you think about the, the structure, the home and away league structure between 10 to 16 teams? Should there be enough interest? Uh, do you think that's enough? I, I, I personally think that, you know, potentially the NSD having more games than the A-League would be quite interesting. Well, it says here games featured between 24 and 36 games. Um, the the opinion of a lot of uh, experts, if you want to call them, or pundits or, or whatever, um, have always said that a professional player should be playing a minimum of 30 games per season if you really want to try and compete at the highest level. Uh, I think we see that you know, guys at the top level play upwards of 40 to 50 games a season. Um, and even now in most European countries with all the cup competitions and European competitions, you see them playing a lot of games. Also in Asia, it's very similar. So, um, you know, I think it, it'd be a good thing uh, to play that amount of games. 10 to 16 teams probably would be enough to begin with. Um, I hope it's more on the 12 to 14 sort of side um, rather than 10. I think it would make it very interesting. I think there'd be a lot of hype around the clubs. There'd be some clubs in there, I'm sure, with uh, you know, you know, the old traditions and you know, sort of our traditional clubs here in Australia. I'm sure there'd be some new clubs or maybe a new franchise. Um, so, look, it's exciting. I think, and to answer your question, probably short. Yes, I think that is enough um, to to begin with. If they want to add it, add any more teams going forward, I think that's got to be a call that, that they make down the line. And it, that's ultimately going to be whether this league is successful or not. Um, and if it is a success, you will see teams being added. If it's not, then, you know, it, it won't it won't last too long. But I'm sure the FA have, you know, taken their time with this because, we, you know, we've heard about this now for a number of years. So for them to make an announcement like this means that they think, you know, the time is right and they wouldn't have put an expression of interest out there if they didn't know they had the clubs already. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 that's, my, correct. that's my opinion. That's my no, opinion. No, I, I agree. I think um, 
Football Australia, like they don't, they wouldn't make announcements like this without doing their due diligence. And I think that no, no, no organization like that would would make an announcement not knowing that they've already got the numbers to 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 get it going. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's, it's it's the safest way to do things. I think I, th- I think what we're heading down towards, at least for the first couple of years, is unfortunately going to be MPL on planes, um, but it was of a, of a higher standard. I think ultimately what this division is going to be is, is going to be a division for eventually promotion and relegation. And, and, and I, I don't want to talk about that today because mm. <laughs> we can talk about that for, forever. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I do feel as if what this division is, is, is going to be, it'll be a higher standard of the, of the NPL. It's just that it, it depends sort of how that's treated within, I guess, the footballing zeitgeist in Australia. Uh, in terms of the the attendances and whatnot, that's all going to be interesting to, to me because, to be honest, a club like Preston Lions, for example, if they make this division, which it looks like they're 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 expressing their interest, um, if they get three thousand people or five thousand people to BT Connor Reserve on a Friday night, and an A League club for one like one once or twice pulls below that it's not a good look for the a-league so i think i think this will definitely put a lot of pressure on the apl to 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 maintain their operations in, in, in an esteemed manner but you know it'll be inter- it'll be very interesting to see the manner in which they approach uh football australia approach the the processes moving forward now going through the evaluation criteria uh let's talk about let's let's go through all the all five uh, I think it's no, it's definitely more than five. It's like six or seven uh, criteria mm. here. Um, there's the vision aspect, which is the extent to which the respondent determines or de- demonstrates a compelling vision for the national second tier and club, including the ability to be sustainable, progressive, engaging to the community and contribute positively to the growth of Australian football and player pathways and understanding of the football landscape in Australia, a strong vision for the game day presentation, the attitudes, ethics, and mindset to underpin the successful long-term collaborative relationship with football stakeholders. I think that's all. That's all pretty well and good. Yeah, um, like I said, they've covered a whole whole heap of different areas, um, and depending on your level of interest in the competition, some people just want to. <laughs> I think just what we want the clubs to be announced and, and everything's simple and, and straightforward, but obviously it's not. You've got to fit a criteria. Uh, you've got to fall under these guidelines and you've got to have a vision, like you say, of where you're headed. Um, you know, and there's obviously five or six things here they've taken into account when making their decision. But you've you've got to you've got to think, as I knew that they've probably somewhere sitting in the FA right now, there's a there's a list of clubs that they've already had a look at and have gone, these are the clubs that we want to to be in their second division. They would have done their due diligence already. They already know what these clubs are about. They've had years um, to, to structure the competition and uh, to have a think about which clubs would be in this division and what it would look like. Um, so it's good that they've taken all these precautions about the selection process and how seriously it will be sort of monitored. Um, and that's a good thing. And like, and like you mentioned at the start, if, if a club like Preston, you know, gets fans through the door more than maybe some A-League sides, 
fantastic is what it is. But I think what we've got to stop doing is having the A-League over here and then you've got a second division over here. you just got to find a way to bring them together. There's no them versus them sort of thing. You know, there's not one versus the other. Um, it's uh, I've, I've had personal experience in the A-League. You know, I've experienced the highs of it and I've experienced the lows of it and the highs are fantastic. So there's there's good things potentially about both of these leagues coming together and sort of bridging the gap between the semi-pro and, and the pro. And that's what we're trying to do. This is a thing to be welcomed now because we need to cr- bridge that gap. If we're serious about moving forward, building our national teams, you know, creating more professional contracts for players and opportunities for them to, to either make a career here in Australia or go overseas um, and bring more money into our game. Um, you know, this is an important uh, and critical time for our game. So I think that's what the, the, the mentality needs to be. That's a mentality shift we need to have. Um, we need to support this vision now from the FA. The APL need to get on board with it and support it. Um, and I feel like anyone, anyone of the clubs who don't support this vision, you know, you know, the FA should be on their case. Financial capacity is one of the, uh, the key stake or the key evaluation criteria here as well. Uh, basically, mm that they have the f- sufficient financial strength. Based on your experiences in the NPL, I guess dealing with clubs and what have you, do you believe that the clubs that we generally earmark as teams to be in the, in, in the national second division, that they will have the financial capacity to, to maintain this moving forward? I mean, looking at Victoria well, in isolation, the teams that will be in the national second division, they have access to the grounds all year round. Mm, um, mm, that's not correct. an issue. Uh, but yeah. what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think on this front? Well, look, you obviously you won't express your interest unless you know you can afford it. I think that's the first the first thing that clubs are going to look at before anything else. But do you think there's like a misalignment or, or a misalignment between the perspective of the clubs and the perspective of Football Australia in terms of how expensive this will be? Yeah, yeah, I think I think there there can be a case of that. Um, I think the FA will have given a sort of a guideline what it would cost per season to season. Um, you know, and obviously I live in the football world and I speak to people and um, I've spoken to people and, and they believe it will cost significantly more uh, to run on a season-to-season basis. So uh, I think that's just down to the clubs, mate. It's down to the clubs. You've got you to do your own sort of investigation into it. What will we need? Uh, you know, accommodation for players, you know, salaries, flights, uh, staff, you need to employ now more backroom staff if you're, if you're running all year round. You know, you can't be like in the NPL when you've only got your physio coming to train and, you know, once or twice a week. You know, your physio's got to be present every day. You need a club doctor, you need multiple physios, you know, you need admin. Uh, you need to be operating uh, like a professional club because ultimately you will be. So um, I think. There's a lot of things to think about. There's a lot of other expenses probably that we haven't touched into as well. So I think, I think you've got to know what you're getting yourself into first and foremost. But again, I don't think any club's going to put themselves forward if they know they can't afford it. And I think to answer your question, in short, there are clubs here at NPL who can afford it. And I can only speak for NPL big clubs because they're the only ones I really know about in great detail. Um, but yeah, there would, there would be... You know, I could name a handful now, but I won't do that. 
You want you want you want to keep your options open, my friend. You want yeah. <laughs> the no, big no. the big negotiations will start like you know later this year. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure for a lot of for a lot of players, I think that's a another exciting aspect for a lot of players. You know, you've got a lot of good young players in the NPL. You've got some good players in their mid twenties. You've got some good older players in 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 the NSL, uh, in the NPL. So um, I think. It's a it's an opportunity for all, but you, ultimately, a lot of lads in the NPL are going to have to toss up between full time football and you know part time football because obviously lads have jobs as well, you know. So, do you, do you make enough money in the in the national second division to be able to walk away from your from your day job and your part time football job? So it's a, it's a it's a challenge. It's interesting that the, the the words that Football Australia use in capability and experience, it, it says word verbatim, the extent to which the respondent determines the capability and experience to operate a professional football club. So what I'm getting here is that the some clubs might be professional, some clubs might not be professional uh, in terms of, you know, the, the standards on offer, which would be interesting. I mean... Potentially, South Melbourne, for example, they might become professional for the first time ever. Because keep in mind, these clubs during the NSL, they weren't semi-professional. So that will be interesting to sort of examine, uh, to be honest. Well, I'm not really sure how you have a league where some of the teams are professional and some aren't. So I think that needs to needs to be cleared up. You're either all professional or you're all not. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I want to sort of move on to the next sort of... Uh, segment of this podcast and obviously focus on you as a player uh heading the mpl victoria starts in two weeks uh and it is undoubtedly speaking probably going to be the last year of the mpl being relevant in this country uh maybe that's a bit that's a bit maybe it's a bit harsh but i think in terms of probably the, the last year in which the mpl will maintain uh its importance to this extent because obviously clubs, well, some clubs will move into the national second division. So, yeah. I guess from your perspective, we'll start off with, I guess, Port Melbourne and what's going on there. But do you think differently with the, in the SMPL season? Like, we got, we got to give our all. We got to make sure that we try and win because this is the last year of like, you know, the MPL being of a specific standard. Because next, because next year will be the third tier. Sort of, what, what's your perspective in, in that sense? Well, I think from my mindset going into this season is um, very similar to last season. And you know, think about what you're doing now. You've got to live in in the moment that you are now, uh, with you know one eye on the future as well. Um, but you know, you got to you got to put in the performances again this year. If I'm speaking about myself personally, that's that's my aim. Try and help my team as much as possible. Um, you know, play the football that you know I know that I can play and, and what I need to deliver to to, to port. Um, you know, and that's very clear. I've had a lot of conversations with Adam over my time at the club, and I know what's expected of me, and I know the areas that he wants me to to improve, and I know the areas that you know he wants me to to bring sort of my ability to the team and so forth, and on, on the style of football that we play. So I think if you if you are serious about stepping up into a second division of sorts, um, you've got to be focused on what you're doing now because there's no guarantee that you know 
that you're just getting getting a contract and you know it's all going to be happy go lucky because you don't know what sort of recruitment these clubs are going to be doing and what what extent of recruitment and what sort of foreigners you'll be allowed to bring in and you know maybe maybe a lot of the clubs will go for um, Australian boys who are playing overseas or you know Australian boys who are on the fringes of A-League squads and build their squad that way and maybe only select a handful of them for your players. So you really can't put your eggs into one basket. You can't think it's going to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm a top player in the NPL, so I'm just going to scoot off to the second division. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You know, people quickly forget, um, you know, if you have one good year and the next year's average. So you need to focus on what you're doing now. Um, and you know, I'm sure we've got a number of players at, at Port Melbourne, for example, who would would fancy themselves in a in a division division like that for me next year and you know and that's why it's important that we we go again this year and we when we show people why um you know Port Melbourne are now a, a, a big club in NPL. Sure. And I guess sort of you as a whole thinking about this division this season do, I guess consciously speaking like how much of this is in your head because let's say by the end of the season, you will be start to negotiate with teams in the interstate should you decide to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, how does how, how does that sort of work with, I guess, your club and whatnot? Uh, obviously, I'm sure that there's been a lot of discussion amongst the football club about beyond this year and whatnot. Just how do you sort of cope with that? Because it's, it's a weird situation, you know? I mean... Okay, I, I guess we could say here, like Port Melbourne, they might not be in the NSD. They might not express their um, interest. So, mm, I guess yeah. how, how, how would you deal that prospectively as a player? Um, okay, I well, guess, yeah. Well, look, I think the first thing is that you know players obviously talk, clubs talk, this and that. So from the sort of uh, pre-discussions we've, we've all had about second division is that Port um, didn't have any interest in, in going for the second division. Um, and you know, It's not sort of secret or anything, it's just what I was told. Um, so you knew at sort of some point that you'd, you know, you'd have to be looking to move on if a division like that would come, come about because, you know, they would understand the ambitions of a lot of our players. Um, but, you know, you've got to do the right thing by the club and you know you're you're a contracted player you got it you're expected to give a hundred percent every time you step out on the field so if anything you know for just giving you that you know window of opportunity that shot window to to show what you can do within a within a within a good football uh system um and within a good football club so you need to you need to um perform to the best of your ability to give yourself the every chance to be able to do that and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, not just Port, but other clubs who, who might not be going for the second division in the NPL understand that. And that's in, in, inevitable. Um, and even it doesn't just go for players. It goes for coaches around the league as well, mate. It goes for backroom staff. It goes for admin. You know, people people will be looking to better themselves. Um, and, and that's just how it is. So if it comes down to a time where lads start negotiating and uh, talking to other clubs... That's all well and good, but you need to be able to crack on with your club. And that's why I do feel the club announcement should be made um, after or maybe towards the back end of the NPL finals. 
Yeah, that's that. I think that's sort of what is uh, earmarked. I think just looking at the. Yeah, otherwise it would be chaos, mate. It would be chaos because you know a lot of. I these think lads... look, it's it's gonna it's gonna be hard for a club to I guess um, potentially just upscale operations within six months. I mean, like that 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 would be interesting. To sort of see what happens. To be honest, if they're gonna complete it by August or September, I mean, if the recommendations by August. Then... Yeah. Well, don't forget the clubs have had communication about the second division for a long time. This announcement didn't just happen and then this league was just forming. The clubs have had a lot of communication and I know that for a fact because I've been told. So they've had communication for a long time. Those who were serious from before, this is what I'm saying. This thing's already pre-picked. They know who can afford it and who can't afford it. Um, this is now just for the media to get it out there saying, you know, I, mm, I'm not so sure, bro. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm, I think we might disagree. pre-picked, Neil. Might... Neil, it's pre-picked, mate. I'm telling you now. It's pre-picked. <laughs> I, the, I the, personally... FA, the FA would not make an announcement unless they knew they had the teams, right? So they might even have nailed it down to 25 teams and they just go, you know what? We know there's 25 teams across Australia who can afford it and we'll pick from this selection pool. You, you don't make an announcement like that. The FA wouldn't make an announcement like that to even risk getting nine teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, it doesn't. But it, it would are, not work that way. But there are there are like bid documents and stuff that, that the teams. Have, I don't think the teams have prepared bid documents already, have they? Like, surely not. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of talk out there, Neil. That's all I can yeah. say on that. There's a lot of a yeah, lot of talk. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of communication yeah. that happens that that people don't know about. And um, I tell you now, most of the teams would already know that they're in the second division. Who are in it? I think that's valid. I think that's fair enough. All right, so we we'll, we got some questions on Insta. Uh, let's let's go through them now. Cade uh, <laughs> Shepherd, <laughs> what no, team? Oh Mel- no! <laughs> what team is Mel's playing for? Cade <laughs> Shepherd. Oh, I, I actually asked him. I'm like, I, I'm, I actually asked him. I'm like, you know, who are you playing for? <laughs> yeah, actually, I haven't heard any announcements about Cade Shepherd. I'd like to know who he's playing for now that he's a gold medal winner. I, I think you know, he's, he's, he's still with Burgers, but. Is he yeah. still there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get him back on the show this season. For sure. Easy. Um, yeah. So uh, we don't know as oh, of I yet. Am, I, I, no, I am a shark. So just get that straight. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we've got a question. Uh, what teams do you think will come out of Victoria? Like besides Victoria? I think. Uh, as in into the second division? Do you think do you, do you think we should comment or do you think we should just uh, leave it for now? Uh, is, is this uh, is he asking about teams into the second division from Victoria? I think he said uh, he said out of Victoria, so I'm not sure if he means like, in Victoria or outside. No, no of Victoria. yeah, he means the Victorian teams. He means which ones? Is that from Kane? Is it? No, it's not. It's from someone else. What's it? Who is it? <laughs> uh, Daniel Solsky. Okay. Um... No, I'll take a punt. I'll take a punt at it. I think, I think there will be four clubs from Melbourne or Victoria, um, and I think South Melbourne. I think Melbourne Knights. I think Preston Lions, and I think Heidelberg United will be the fourth. That's fair, but there, there, there are obviously more teams. There are obviously more teams that potentially might be able to come. I, I, I mean, well, I can... I, I'm, I'm doing that if it's maybe 12 teams. I think we might get four, but if there's, you know, 14 teams, 16 teams, I imagine we get at least another slot there and you could probably make a case for 
Cannons. Cannons, Avondale. Um, yeah, maybe one of those two. But yeah, so it's 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 hard to say. It's hard to say. Maybe they already know, Neil. Yeah, you know. Uh, another question: Do you think it will be financially sustainable or not? Will it be a similar setup to the A League? I think financially, I think it will be, everything will be fine as long as they follow the guidelines and what's expected of them. Um, like I said, they know what they're getting themselves into before they before they get into it. Um, and there is money here in Australia. There is there's money in football. Um, a lot of it, yes, is at the semi professional level, but. Um, with the right investment and the right people involved, I think it's, it's, a, it's a very workable situation. It's a very, very workable, um, workable situation. And I think it's something that we should all relish. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's easy to say that things are done properly. And, you know, with a strategic plan and, and moving everyone moving in the same direction, I think it can be achieved. I absolutely agree. Uh, the final question from Chris Semeno says, one second. Is this process being dragged out unnecessarily? I disagree, no. considering they've done this. But no, um, no. I, I don't get me wrong. All the players would have loved, you know, to rock into a second division this season. But to be honest with you, we just want to do do it right, do it properly. We don't want any dramas yeah. coming. That you don't no. want to operate for a season and then there's a restructure or you know, something goes wrong or a club has to pull out because they financially can't afford it. So no, they're yeah. doing the right thing. Just, you know, can't rush it. There's heaps of work that's obviously gone into it behind the scenes and you just got to trust that the FA know what they're doing and I believe they do. Yeah, me too. Well, I mean, you, you hope so at least. Um, I, I guess sort of um, from, from your perspective, um, has this announcement sort of changed your thinking at all or is it very much on the same sort of um, the trajectory? Like uh, no. in terms of... Because I think, I think everyone knows that you'll be... You, you would be... Well, you are... Technically, the best player in the NPL, <laughs> um, alongside uh, who, alongside Kate Shepherd. Uh, technically, oh, yeah, a, a lot of my a lot of my teammates keep reminding me that I got suspended. So that's a technicality. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but you obviously you you will you may be very high sort high shortly after. You know, uh, I hope so. I hope so. I'm an active player. So at the end of the day, like I don't want to beat around the bush. Um, I think, you know, this you know, this whole thing that we've done here with, you know, the platform we've created here is that people can, you know, speak freely about their ambitions and and uh, and their careers and, you know, their story and et cetera. Um, I would love to would love the opportunity to do it, you know, especially if things are run smoothly, you know, um, for, for whatever reason at the moment, I um, can't get back into to the A-League system, uh, whether that be <clears throat> clubs know me from before and whatever, and they kind of know what I'm about and they're like, oh, nah, try something new, whether it's maybe they don't think I'm the right style of footballer, well, whatever it is, I, I, I don't know. But I, I'm trying to better myself. As always, I'm trying to progress as much as I can in my career and, and play at the highest level I can. Um, and that's why I would I'd definitely like the opportunity to play. You know, it's no point me talking about it, being around the bush and, and sort of saying all these nice things about the second division and, and not saying I would relish the chance to do it. 
course I would. I think there's a hundred hundred players who will probably listen to this and probably say the same thing um, that they would love to do it. And uh, I think that's where we're at, and I think that's a great thing. Players wanting to achieve and to show their ambition that they can play at the highest level, no matter if they're early teen, you know, they're 19, 18, or, you know, mid-20s or late-20s. I think it's a fantastic thing. and There should be equal opportunity for, for all the guys. Based on conversations, I guess, you've had with maybe players for current form or whatever it be, do you yeah. think that... How do you think the interaction will be with the A-Leagues in terms of players that uh, decide to maybe drop down to the MPL? Uh, to, to, sorry, to the to the NSD? Because I guess you now have that financial safety net that may be bigger than it was. You know, For example, let's say you're on six figures in the A-League, right? Right. You could potentially become be on six figures in the MPL if you're that standing <clears throat> up a player and let's say you're not playing that much. So mm. how much maybe of like a tectonic shift will we see? Uh when negotiations start happening for players to be signed at the end of, at the end of this year uh, for the A-League with the NPL as well. Sorry, with the NSD, sorry. The NSD. Um, look, I think it's, I think it's now going to be a lot easier for, you know, A-League players who, who do step into a second division. I think it's going to be easier because, you know, like you like you mentioned before, it's you get paid fifty two weeks of the year, and that, that was a bit, the big one when you come to the NPL. Like, you know, you're only getting paid for for the games that you're playing in, and obviously for for the preseason, some lads, you know, have you know certain things in their contracts or what have you. Um, so, I think it's going to be easier now for players because it's sort of like, well, okay, you, you're stepping down the division or what have you, but. It's still sort of a professional environment, and and the way it operates is all quite professional. So, I think it will be a lot easier because I've seen a lot of lads drop down from the A League, and it's like a culture shock, and it's a bit like, uh, well, gee, like what do you do in the off season? Like, you know, where do you go, yeah. sort of thing? What do you do? How do you earn? How do you earn money? And then that's why that's why this is important. This is um this is a very important step. Um, for football in our country and this is why it can't be understated mate because we need to keep lads involved in the game because what happens is you come to NPL and all of a sudden you, you start training two times three times a week how are you ever going to get yourself back into a professional environment training two to three times a week and a game on the weekend when these lads are training five six days a week and a game it's just it's you know it's one in a blue moon gets the chance to step up and, and most of the time it's because he knows either knows someone and you know they've sort of helped him get there sort of thing so yeah. you know we need to bridge that gap as i say before you've got to bridge the gap we've got to have more lads fighting for contracts you've got to create more contracts for professional footballers we need more professional footballers you know it's only going to lead to better things if there's more competitiveness within football the standard of football will be higher because there's more to play for um you won't get lads you know, you know, and I'll, listen, mate, I can talk from experience. This is the beauty of it is that no one could come to us and say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about or you don't, you know, you're just bitter or this and that. I've experienced the highs of the A-League. I've experienced the lows of it. And when you're at the lows, a lot of players stop giving a crap because they know, oh, I've got a contract next season. My money won't change. I won't get relegated from the league. That, that's got to stop. Now, hopefully this division puts a bit of pressure on it. Now, it might not happen overnight. It might be two, three years away from happening. But this is what it's going to create now. It's going to create people fighting for contracts and um, sort of fighting for their position within football. And this is exactly what you want. 
and that's how the game grows you know, to the next level. It's interesting because this year seems like uh, in the NPL, Victoria at least, every single player in the division is like fighting for a contract. That's what yeah, that's course. the vibe I'm getting. And, yeah, it, but that, but and it's not necessarily for A-League, it's for NPL, yeah, uh, for course, NSD, which is interesting. Of course, but the NPL, that's the first thing I noticed about the NPL when I first got there is the competitiveness of it. Um, and say what you will, the A-League sides are way better, way better. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the NPL sides are better than A-League sides. It's, it's night and day. It is absolutely chalk and cheese between the two. If we played Melbourne City right now at the best level, we would get absolutely battered. All right? So just making that absolutely clear for people listening. Now, what I will get to is the competitiveness of it and the seriousness of it is oh, the stakes are way higher in the NPL because, you know, it's a difference between a player earning a certain amount of money to another certain amount of money if you win or lose or draw. You know, if you're near the relegation, you're scrapping because you know you might not be on the same contract next year if you get relegated or they might go get new players, you know, to replace you. So the costs are, are cheaper. Um, so, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to, to, to fight for in the, in the NPL. And obviously, you know, we've got the Doherty Cup as well, which is a, which is a, you know, quite a handy little tournament as well. So if you can't progress in the FFA Cup, you still have a chance to win some silverware as well, which is fantastic. So there's a lot to play for in, in, in the NPL. Um, it's a lot of people say it's a lot more exciting to watch. And again, it's nothing to do with the level of football. It's probably about the, the atmosphere and the, sort of experience you get going to one of these games. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to a lot to take away from, from the NPL and the, and the competition as a whole, you know. And if you, if you don't watch it, you are you are missing out because I was one of those people who never watched it until I got here. And, and now I, I do. I, I honestly really enjoy watching it. I really do enjoy watching stuff. it. And nice. not, even just the port, not even just the board games, man. I'll, I'll flick on, you know, another game in our league as well and, 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 and watch it and, and quite enjoy it. No, it's a good. It's a, I love it. It's a good league, and uh, that's why, you know, the best league in the world starting next weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, not the A League. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. I guess in in that sense. Um, I think we'll probably have like a proper NPL preview next week before we actually that before yeah, the season starts. But um, but I guess sort of this announcement's really sort of I guess invigorated life into into the the footballing mindset of many individuals. I guess my final question for you is. I don't know, it's a bit of a cheeky one. Um, would you gravitate towards playing for a club of your ethnicity? Because I know <laughs> you, 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 you as a as a Greek man, uh, you are playing technically for a Greek club at the moment, being Port Melbourne. Mm. Not, yeah, um, technically, mm-hmm. you want to you know, go back in history. Um, yeah. But would you like generally? gravitate towards that or does it does not does like not really matter for you i mean you are a greek uh, youth international so yeah uh, um that's a good question uh if you know if everything's the same in terms of you know what the uh, club's offering you in terms of you know salary and years years of contract and you know facility wise and everything just matches up and then you know you've got a greek club or another nationality you probably would i think most people you know if you're macedonian you probably gravitate to the macedonian club if you're a greek you go to the greek club you know it's i think there is a, a lot of that to think about and a lot of players do think about that but no look i don't go into a sort of negotiation or you know pre-negotiation yeah. or whatever and and have that at the back of my mind i think 
if, if my grandfather had his way and if he was still with us, he'd, he'd relish me at South Melbourne as he was always there every week, you know, with, with my mum in the NSL days. And um, they obviously lived in the area. That's where my family's from, from this part of Melbourne. So I think from, from their side, they, they would love that because it's sort of touching for them. But for, for me personally, um, it's just about logically what is the, the best step for my career and, uh, and, and what, what club, you know, sort of sees, you know, me fitting into their style and, and their vision. You know, I think that's, you know, I'm 25 now, I'll be 26 this year. And, um, you know, I think that's more important for me at this stage of my career. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Um, I guess we'll, I guess we'll touch on one Port Melbourne shark signing before we actually end this. Mohamed Adam, mm. uh, does, did sign, uh, the other day, uh, big player, a lot of pedigree played at a good level in a league as well. Um, mm-hmm. How good would it be to have him on the team as a potential number nine option or even on the wing? Yeah, no, we were all very happy to hear when when, when Mo agreed to come to, to, to Port. Um, he's obviously, he'll be a big player for not just us, but for the league in general. I think he'll be quite exciting. Um, and, you know, if he comes comes in with the right the right attitude, I'm sure he will score a lot of goals and, create a lot of opportunities for us, which is where an area we're strong in is creating opportunities and the area that we're looking to improve is actually finishing them off. So if you can add that to, to our game, uh, you know, he'll be a great pickup for us. And, you know, I'm sure he'll come in, work hard and, and try and deliver as much as he can for his team. Because obviously, again, he'd have one eye on what's coming next year as well. So um, I think that's, that's something that Mo will relish and, and from what I've heard, he's quite a character as well. So um, he'll, fit, he'll fit in well. He'll fit in well to the you hope so. changer. Yeah. No, nah, it's nice. It's a very nice sort of uh, mix of, of, of the team. You've got like the export legends and Kamal Ibrahim and, you know, the, the Newport legend and George Mills. And you've got like, you know, Ross <laughs> Archibald. <laughs> uh, you got no, yeah, we, Roscoe. We, we do. We do. We have a good, we have a great sort of spine of the team. And then we've got yeah. a, a, mixture, a mixture of youth that sort of, on the wings and sort of inverted inverted players as well. Like we've had yeah. a few players who have been together now for a number of years. Like you mentioned, Ross there, you've got Michael Ego, you've got obviously Chris Duggins there, he's been there for a while. Josh Wilkins came in last year, but sort of cemented a spot in the team and he's done well. And then you've got the, you know, guys like the Jackson Courtney Perkins and Dan Edwards who just who are unbearable on the on the wings. They just you can't deal with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a nightmare for teams to defend them. And then you've obviously had you know young Luca come in from Northgate to his first season in NPL, and he's done wonderful last year. And uh, you know, so hopefully he can hit the ground running come round one. And obviously you've had Mo come in now, and and now you know it's going to cause people to fight for spots, which is which is good. You know, it creates competition and. You know, everyone's got to bring their A game to the sessions and to the last friendly game this week that we have against Preston. So, oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah when? we play Preston on Saturday at BT Connor. No, no, Gerald Murphy. Oh, okay. Well, I'll still come there probably. So. Yeah, yeah, come down, have a look. Your your mate will be there, Tomo. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of cutting surely, up highlights, bro. He's learning Photoshop. Bro. Sure, surely Tomo gives us a plug. 
No, he will. I asked him yesterday. I'm like, if you don't, if you don't plug this podcast, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to sever, sever my ties with you. I'll revoke your accreditation. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I, would, I would never do that. No, I would never do that. Never do that. Ever. Never. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what's funny? Like, I was in Sydney for the NPL New South Wales on the weekend. And like, I put my pass there to like Hensley, the, yeah. the club that I worked for, Hakawa. And yeah. um, legitimately, I didn't, no one asked me for anything. I just walked in. Like, it was crazy. Like oh, really? bro, I, I I got I got a bag right, like the Gioca bags, right? Yeah. And it had like my my initials on it, NS. So I yeah. I, I fly back home, and some guys ask me like, "Do you play for Arcoa?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> look look at me. Do you think I play for Arcoa? Fuck no. Um, so, um no, nah, I got my own bag, bro. Jeez, feel, feels good, man. Feels good to like you know be involved in a football club. Anyway, um, yeah. But Maybe yeah, we we'll, can touch on that one of the podcasts about Arcoa. Yeah, Alcoa and uh, your experience, your experience nah, within a within a football club. It's interesting. I mean, I'll, I'll touch on it briefly now. Like, it's a obviously it's a huge club in terms of its lineage and its history. Um, mm. They won the most national league titles. Uh, they, won, yeah. they won equally won the most NSL titles. So they're a huge club um, in terms of that. But obviously, they've lost their way a little bit in the past couple of years due to the you know, change of you know ownership. Lowy pulled pulled the funding and stuff. So. And now they're obviously yeah. now in the second division of MPL uh, in, in, in New South Wales. So they're moving into a facility next year called the Hakoa Club White City. Um, it's a fantastic facility and hopefully that will provide the, the the community with a bit of more of a base. You know, I think it's very similar to like the Croatian clubs in terms of what it has. But there's like there's like swimming pools, gyms, event centers. It's like all this one hub and then, like, then, then, there's, like, then there's this football pitch. It's the most, you know, Hakoa thing ever to have like 300 seater stand and like all corporate up top. So um, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. But yeah, Hakoa is a big club. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I, they, I don't think they'll put their name up for the NSD. I actually jokingly no. spoke to the president on on, <laughs> on the weekend about it. He's like, uh, yeah, bro, we got to, it's a four million operational budget. I'm like, no, I, I don't think, I, I don't think I pulled some number out of my ass and I just said, like, yeah. you know, like, would you guys be interested in, like, <laughs> it doesn't seem as if Hakoa would would exactly put their hand up as of yet. But, um, yeah, just, yeah, it's interesting to work for a club. Um, yeah. yeah it's good, good to get down. And you know what I noticed as well is, like, the, the youth getting around the senior players, um, that was really cool to me, like, seeing how, you know, the, the under-11s, under-12s supported the first grade. Um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's something we've been trying to do report yeah. to get down yeah. to the games. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that was like really awesome to see. And that's what we need, you know, going into the NSD is like, you know, people can actually see a pathway to the first team. Um, and I really hope that that could be a really good haven for young players. And I, I do wonder as to if there will be more interest from overseas for players in, in the NSD, for example, because let's say you get like a Noah Skoko or a Luca College, right? He's like 18. He plays games at NSD and actually does pretty well. Would he get interest from the, some club, top clubs in Europe? You know, that's 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 like another thing that will be inter- interesting to see is that how will overseas clubs perceive the MPL now? Because at the moment, you know, if you were to move from the MPL overseas, the highest ceiling, I reckon, is probably Malaysia or India um, in terms of Asia. So... Uh, yeah, that, that that will be very interesting to sort of uh, look into. Definitely, definitely. There's a whole lot of different aspects. It's a, it's a whole, there's a whole sort of uh, yeah. 
multiverse to go into with the NPR. Yeah, that's it. That's what's exciting. Exactly. You've hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, uh, it's going to start in a year and it's also really good, I think, for even media personalities to, to, to stake their claim. You know, it'd be an honor to, to commentate that division. So, uh, more jobs as well. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. More jobs. The economy, mate. It's like, you know, it's like the Australian prime ministers, like James Johnson, like all the Australian football prime ministers, James Johnson. He's like, more jobs, more opportunities. Yes, more jobs, lower <laughs> taxes, proper batch payments. Yes, diplomacy in Australian football. You love to see it. Um, but yeah, that's love sort of it. it's about a fifty-minute conversation on the NSD. More pods coming this year. We've been a bit more, a bit more consistent. We've got some good stuff planned. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what we can do, Melzy. Done. All right. Easy. Beauty. See you guys. Enjoy. Cheers. If the podcast wants to stop recording, though, because StreamYard's being a